from Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Itzkowitz, and on today's show, I go solo to talk about feeling sexy, modesty, the details I thought I could never design with, and how all of that led to the ready topper. So I'm uh, excited is the wrong word. I was about to say I'm excited, but I'm not. I think I might be weirdly nervous (laughs) to record this episode because I'm not really sure the right way to phrase what I want to say. And this is a podcast and it's all about phrasing. So you might need to bear with me for a little bit because I have, I, I have this thought that I want to share, but I don't I don't want it to come across the wrong way. I don't want it to come across like just the wrong way. I don't want it to come across the wrong way. And I do think like honestly it's these kinds of moments that make me so happy that we have a space like the podcast because we're going to work through this together. We're going to we're going to flesh out this thought and we're going to work through it together. Today's episode is about the ready topper. It's the newest design that just went online today. And the process for creating this design, which is what I always like to talk about in these solo episodes, was typical and not typical. You know, it was typical for me in that the like actual process of getting it made was pretty similar to how I always get things made. Um, And not typical because the thought behind it is kind of a space in my brain that I haven't fully explored. And that I'm still not done fully exploring and which is why I'm a little bit nervous to record this because there is a not fleshed out part I guess you could say about these about about the 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 theme I could guess you could I guess you could say or maybe the feeling not the feeling I'm pretty strong on the feelings I have pretty strong feelings in general about most things but the articulation of that is still not fully, it's not fully cooked yet. So we're going to work through this together. We've been told in a lot of different ways, not so much told or maybe taught, but mm, no, not so much taught as in, I believe, let's start there. I believe that dressing modestly does not mean dressing frumpy. And I know that that's not the assumption for a lot of people, both those who grew up dressing modestly and those who didn't. Um, I know that when I'm, you know, talking to people or showing my designs to people who are not super familiar with the modest world, a lot of times they're surprised to see what my designs look like, to see what the way that I dress looks like even, um, because they kind of assume that I'm going to look Amish. And I don't. Not that Amish people are not great. I'm sure they're fantastic. I don't know any Amish people. But they're, but it's, that's kind of like the look that we have. Or like a Duggar, you know what I mean? Um, I don't think they're Amish. They're quiverful. Whatever, side note. Um, and and we kind of know this, right? That modest doesn't ne- mean frumpy. Or doesn't have to mean frumpy. And yet, I don't know if the opposite of frumpy is sexy. 
I'm pretty sure it's not. But we also have in our heads that modest shouldn't or couldn't or doesn't mean sexy. Like in a lot of ways, sexy and modest are opposite, right? And I think that in a lot of ways, that's true. Sexy and modest, to a certain extent, are opposite. In a lot of ways, the point of dressing modestly is to... Oh, I hate the word preserve here. But it's the only one that I can think of. Like I said, the articulation here, it's going to get... It's going to get a little funky. Um, But the... In a lot of ways, modesty is this thought, this striving to preserve or maintain or safeguard one's sexuality, right? It's like this idea that you're like behind closed doors and that kind of thing, right? We've all heard those analogies. And I think that's great in a lot of ways. And I think that creates a lot of problems in a lot of other ways. And for me personally, it's been like a, I don't want to say weird, but it's been a little bit of a moment to, like I choose to dress modestly, right? No one's no one's holding a gun to my head and saying, thou shalt cover your elbows. Um, that's, I mean, I that's, that's not my situation. Um, this is something that I choose to do and that I continue to choose to do um, pretty much every day. And not pretty much every day, every day. What are you saying, Rifki? Yeah, every day. This is how I dress every day. Um, and assuming that I'm leaving my house. Um, and that decision for me to dress modestly um, was one that I think that I came to in spite of the ways that I was taught about it, not necessarily because of. Um, I I think that also a lot of this like, like sit down, shut up, don't have an opinion type things also gets tied into modesty. And that does not sit well with me on any level. I don't think that would surprise anybody listening to this. So separating the two was important for me. And also just recognizing that there are there are benefits to me to covering up. Um, I think that it's easier to be taken seriously when your boobs are not hanging out. I just think it is. Um, there are, I do think that as a society, there are benefits to you know, having people be more covered. Um, I think that it allows us to emphasize what is more important, you know, what we're thinking as opposed to what we look like. And I think that there's, and I do, and I do believe that there's real value in that. But then there's also this other side of us. Like, I don't think that feeling sexy is a bad thing. I just don't. Especially when you consider in the context of, you know, a like, if you're married, right, then you're in a sexual relationship and you should feel sexy in that relationship. So like, yeah, that, and, and I, and I love the idea of that being something that's kind of private, um, not kind of private, very private, but also, but then like, where does that leave you? You know, I've, I've been thinking, I've, I've thought a lot, um, about that jump that happens, right? When we go from, especially, listen, if you grew up like I did, um, I have been Orthodox my whole life. I've been from my whole life and I listen to all the rules. Like, and everything that that means. So, you know, I I did not kiss my husband until our wedding night. And we did not hold hands until our wedding night. And and everything that that means. And I've been thinking a lot about what those transitions mean for a lot of people. How you really are going from zero to 60 in zero to a million in, you know, the span of probably like 24 hours. And I think that we might be a little bit better off if we're 
able to kind of, I guess, harness that sexuality or maybe explore it or be more comfortable with it, I guess, in in more ways, I think. But I don't know what that looks like. You know, I don't know. This is not me proposing solutions or anything or even saying that there's a problem. I don't know what it looks like even. I don't know what the safe way to do that is. I don't know, you know, and I had a wonderful experience. So like for me, it's not it's not really like a problem that I stress about, but there are other problems that I stress about, but that's a different story. But it's, it's just something to think about, right? And of course I think about them in terms of dress because this is what I do. I also spend a lot of time thinking about clothes. I like clothes. So for me, when you think about sexiness and dress, there are certain like details that I've always loved in design and that for a long time, modest dressers have just kind of accepted are not things that we're going to be able to do, like are just not things that are working. Um, And I liked the idea of exploring those details and of kind of looking into those things that modest fashion has kind of written off as, listen, that's off limits. That's not for us. And playing around with it to see what I could do, to see what I could create, to see what I could I don't know, to see how I could push the envelope a little bit. I'm a little bit of a provocateur, I guess. Um, My first foray into that line of thinking was actually the flutter dress. Uh, I I did not invent a flutter sleeve. By no means did I invent that type of sleeve. Um, If you're not familiar, the flutter dress is one of my most popular designs. It's an A-line flare dress. And the sleeve of it is what is a style that is called a flutter sleeve. And it's a wider sleeve that has... Um, a, a regular shoulder, so it it branches out just towards the hem of that sleeve, and it has this beautiful movement um, that really like it flutters in the wind. That's the best way to describe it. It's this very wide shaped sleeve, almost kind of like a cape shape, but just miniaturized to be on a sleeve. Generally, when we see that kind of design, we see it uh, when we see that kind of sleeve. It's generally done sheer. It's generally done with like a lot of layers of tulle and stuff like that, which obviously is not, you know, if you're someone who is concerned about elbow coverage, that's not something that's going to help. Sometimes, and this pains me to see it every single time, we'll see a classic flutter sleeve in a sheer fabric that uh, someone will wear with either a shirt or that will have a like a shirt type lining underneath it with a shell. It makes me cry because it just kills the whole look. It's just really sad. I can't. That, that really, really is... Um, not my favorite look uh, for that kind of sleeve um, because kind of the whole point of a classic flutter sleeve is that it is is that it's almost not there is that it's kind of wispy and uh, just like just floating like that like it looks like you could you know fly away and I love a flutter sleeve I love a flutter sleeve I think that they're so beautiful and for me I got to thinking what if I could make a flutter sleeve that not only looked great as is, that was long enough. Oh, generally flutter sleeves, by the way, tend to be cap length. Um, that was long enough that actually had elbow coverage, which again, with a very wide sleeve is difficult to achieve. And that was opaque and an opaque fabric um, so that you didn't have to worry about seeing a shirt through it. And so I began to develop the flutter sleeve and, um, you know, develop the shape that I want and got the shape right for the length that I was going for, which was with elbow coverage. And then I added in the built-in lining that was a regular sleeve shape so that you kind of had like a built-in shell pretty much, but that you only saw it when you moved around and it 
just and it worked really well and it has been one of my most popular designs I'll put the a link to the flutter dress in the show notes so that you can um take a look at it if you're not familiar with it and for me that was kind of my first foray into hmm there are things that modest people think they shouldn't wear or that people think modest people shouldn't wear let's see how far we can push the envelope you know let's see if we can make those things no longer true let's see if we can make those thought processes no longer true and it was fun to play around now granted a flutter sleeve is not super provocative you know it's it's a sleeve um it's a beautiful sleeve and I'm really proud of it but it's a sleeve and there have been other details that I have also always really loved I love the combination of leather and lace I think it's really hot I love corsets also really hot I love lacing I love like tie up things I think that like even on when you see like a great boot that has like crisscross lacing I just think that those are so beautiful and they also felt like things that I couldn't touch they also felt like that was too far that was too it was just too much do you know what I mean like it was just too it was going too far like those details to me felt too much like lingerie they felt too much like I don't know. They're just too sexy, I guess. Just too, just too much in every sense of the word. And I kind of had it in the back of my head. It's like, oh, this is something I'd like to play around with, but I don't know if I ever could. Or even, you know, listen, there's some things that I play around with for myself that I, you know, have no intention of ever releasing. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll like add it to my list of projects of things that I'll get to when I magically have an extra day in the week and I'll just be able to, you know, and I, and I won't have to worry about selling it. Because I wasn't sure how it would be responded to because, I don't know, I just thought, I thought it was too much. Maybe I'm a bit of a prude. I don't know. I'm probably a bit of a prude. But either way, I it just, mm, it just wasn't something that I thought that I could, that I thought that I could work through. I, it just wasn't something that, that I thought I could work through. Leaving that aside for a second. I, when I come to design a collection or when I come to design pieces, I should say, because I really have been working more in pieces lately. And I love the idea of working in pieces. I love, I found that when I was working in collections, which really tied to, you know, when you, when you sell wholesale, then you have to have a collection. You can't just show, you know, wholesale clients one dress at a time. They need to see an entire collection and then they make their pieces, then they make their picks. And I always felt like when I was doing collections, when I needed to have, you know, 25 pieces ready at a time, that I, there was always some throwaway pieces in there. There were always some things that I knew would never see the light of the day and were just there as filler, fluff, kind of like backup singers to make everything else look good. I just didn't like that. It, I just didn't, I didn't like the wastefulness of it. I didn't like the, I didn't like the feeling of it. I didn't like creating those pieces because I didn't like, it felt like I was throwing away the work and I knew that they were throwaway pieces. They were designed to be throwaway pieces because every collection needs throwaway pieces so that the real good pieces can shine. And, and I just didn't love that. So when I switched to doing just pieces, which really tied to when I stopped selling wholesale and started selling exclusively on impactfashionnyc.com, I was able to put a lot more thought into each individual piece. And I wrote kind of like a, I think people would officially call it like a mission statement. I think of it as like guidelines. And I want every piece in the collection to be standalone, beautiful, obviously, make you feel fantastic, make me feel fantastic when I'm wearing it, and something that will always get worn, that will 
always get worn no matter what's happening in the fashion world around it. And I'm always kind of on the lookout for the types of things that fill those criteria and also for the things that I'm missing in my closet. You know, I'm always paying attention to what's happening in the wider fashion world, even though I'm not a trendy designer at all. I, I'm i paying attention to what's happening and I'm, and I'm noticing that, especially with a lot of these trendy pieces, they're just not done very well a lot of the time. Um, and they're, and they're usually pretty, I guess you could say narrowly focused, usually on someone smaller, usually on someone who has a lot of disposable income to just throw away pieces and not like have no problem fully replacing their wardrobe every six months and that kind of stuff. And that doesn't sit well with me on a lot of levels. So I'm, I was just always kind of on the lookout for like, what are the things that what are the pieces that I'm missing? What are the things that I know I really need that I'll really use? And what are the pieces that I have in my closet that are just really good? You know, what are the really great pieces? And I thought of this piece that I have. Um, it actually, and honestly, it came to be because I pulled it out one day. I was like, oh, I haven't worn this in a while. I should wear it. It's a piece that I bought in high school. I might have even been in eighth grade. I might have even been in eighth grade. It's a very old piece. And it is a sheer, I, th- I guess you could call it a dress. I think of it as an overlay piece because it is fully sheer. It's a sheer dress. It's a printed chiffon. I think it's a Calvin Klein. Nearly positive it's Calvin Klein, actually. Um, It came with like a little slip dress that I don't wear it with. I wear it with, you know, like a full shell dress. And... It's this printed chiffon with this, it's a looser kind of boxier shape that's slit pretty far up the side. Like basically it, the length of it reaches basically to my knees, I think. Um, and the slit goes like up past my waist so that it's, it's fairly open. Um, and I wear it, like I said, with a, with a full shell dress underneath and it's just a great piece and it's easy to wear. That was the thing that really like made me love it and hold on to it all of these years and I still have it. I'm still going to wear it. It's, it's a, it's an easy piece to wear. It's the kind of thing that I know that when I throw it on, I'll feel fantastic in it. I always get a ton of compliments in it because it's a little bit unusual with this like very graphic rose print and it just feels great. And then I thought, what if I made something like that? You know, what if I made something not that followed those design lines or anything like that? Um, I, I don't copy other people's designs, but that had the same feeling, that had the same feeling of pieces that just things that I knew would be good. Things, you know how like there are some dresses in your closet that you are not sure, like you have to be in the mood to wear them. You know what I mean? You have to, you have to be prepared for what is going to come with wearing those pieces (laughs) and whether that's not being able to breathe or just like not feeling super fantastic or like needing to stand up a little bit straighter, not because you feel great, but because like if you bend over a little bit, then it'll rumple weird and whatever. Like I needed, I have those pieces in my closet and I do like wearing them, but I don't wear them very often because it's an adventure. I wanted something that was not an adventure to wear, kind of like this overlay piece that I had. And as this also kind of like, this was also around the time when I was really looking into how I want all of my pieces to feel. And I was like, oh, I really want all of those pieces to feel that way. You know, to just feel, to just, just, just know that you can depend on them. 
Do you know what I mean? There are dependable people. There are not dependable people. There are dependable clothes. There are not dependable clothes. I wanted to make dependable clothes. So I started working on the ready topper and the ready topper, just so you know what I'm talking about, it is a lace overlay piece. And the, I mean, we have to start by talking about the design of the lace. It is a corded abstract design lace and the design is somewhere between like a paisley and a floral. It is a beautiful, beautiful pattern with tons and tons and tons and tons of detail. Corded lace is different from uh, like classic lace, what you might be thinking of, because the way that instead of the design being made by threads, the design is actually made by cording, which is, for lack of a better word, kind of like a type of rope, uh, but, but much finer than that, that is arranged on top of a mesh and then stitched to that mesh, mesh in specific patterns. So, for example, if I was making a circle out of a corded lace, then the cording would be laid on top of a mesh in the shape of a circle and then stitched over so that that circle stayed. And you can make all sorts of patterns this way. And the pattern that this lace particularly makes, it's, I would call it an abstract floral. Um, I think it's somewhere between a floral and a paisley. It's, it's a really, really unique design. Super, super striking and really, really detailed, which is ugh, just just my favorite kind of thing. The The lace is the entire body of the piece, which is a sleeveless, uh, wider-necked design that goes, I want to say like, pat, definite to like mid-thigh pretty much in the front and a little bit longer in the back. And then the hem of the piece follows the design of the lace. So you get a beautiful cutout shape that follows the design of this like florally leafy paisley pattern. So you can, it like really emphasizes the detail of the piece. The edges all the way around are finished which with what is called a grow grain ribbon, which don't think about like what you wrap presents in ribbon. This is a textured striated ribbon that is... I mean, it's, this is, this is what like high-end designer gowns are made of. This is beautiful, beautiful pieces that have this really beautiful striping pattern on it that also makes it incredibly strong so that it seals in the edges of the lace so that it's fully protected. And my favorite detail is what happens on the sides. So down the side seam, again, it's a, it's a sleeveless piece. So you're talking about starting from under your arm, going all the way down the side, inside this grow grain, um, placed behind it actually are hand cut and placed button loops that are made from this beautiful satin cording it's actually funnily enough called rat tail I have no idea why it just is but it's this beautiful satin cording that is cut into specific measurements by hand and then placed at very specific points throughout to create lacing kind of like what you would see on boots or things like that. And then the the entire side laces up closed. So not only do you get this stunning detail of having a matching ribbon to what we have on the edge, but in a thinner width lacing up on the sides, you also just have this beautiful detail of the way that the loops interact with the lacing ribbon, interact with the grow grain that's on the side that seals in the lace, just all of those beautiful details that interact with each other which are all kind of really sexy, I think. And 
And these are all the kinds of things. It was the kind of thing where when I knew that I wanted to make this piece that you would, could always just throw on and feel amazing in, I also knew that when I found this fabric, that this was the fabric, that this was the lace, this was what I was going to use it in. And then it got me thinking back to what I think about, you know, lace and corsets and, and lacing up and, and all of those things. And I thought, I think I could make this. I think I could make an, like, a sexy piece where you're not, where that's not the first thing you think when you see it, but it is the first thing you feel when you wear it. Does that make sense? You know, is it super sexy? I think so. I certainly feel fantastic when I wear it. Am I naked? Definitely not. Not by a long stretch. I'm fully covered. Um, And I'm not even wearing anything like super tight or anything like that. It's just, this is the piece. And I think that that's also where the, you know, I, I do think that sexy is a feeling more than a look. And this this is this piece is designed to harness that feeling and it what I also love about it is no one knows your feelings unless you tell them so you know if if embracing that sexy feeling is something that feels wrong to you to do publicly you don't have to do it publicly in this piece because nobody looks at this piece and thinks wow that's super sexy they think wow that's really nice and maybe that's the most sexy bit. I don't know. It's a really fine line. And like I said, I haven't fully, haven't fully fleshed it out yet. Um, but I do think that the ready topper walks that fine line. I do think that it is that it that it plays that game. Um, that it it makes me think. I guess you could say. And maybe I'm the only nutjob who thinks this deeply about their clothes. But hey, you're here, so I guess I can't be the only one. And yeah, I called it the ready topper because I felt like that really harnessed the feeling, you know, it's always ready for you and you're always ready when you wear it. And, and I just think that, I just think that it's going to be one of those pieces I know already in my closet, honestly, in the time since I've had the sample, I've worn it a handful of times and it's always just it's always just great. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's easy. Get tons of compliments. I feel really comfy because the things I'm wearing underneath are just like my regular, really comfy, you know, like basic kind of pieces that are just comfy. So that's good also. And there's nothing more sexy than being comfortable. Let me tell you. So yeah, it's, it's, I, I know that it does that for me and I really hope that it does that for you. Like I said, I was a little bit nervous about how people might respond to a piece like this. It's a layering piece. I've never done a layering piece before. It's, uh, it's just not, it's just not something that I'm used to. I don't know. It's just not something that I'm used to. Um, so I decided to go for it. And um, it's it's great because like I can tell you already now that with the pre-orders and everything that it's it, it's been a really popular design. It's been a really um, successful pre-launch. And I'm excited today for it to go online for anyone who didn't get a chance to pre-order. You can get it online now at impactfashionnyc.com. It's in the separates section. If you're listening to this around when it's released, I'm also going to move it to the homepage. So can see it there as well. Oh, also side note, by the way, I actually, because I was nervous about releasing a layering piece because I get nervous about everything pretty much, but because I was like a layering piece specifically, I like the idea of having a full outfit. I actually designed the ready topper and the snuggle dress together and to be worn together. Um, and I have some amazing, beautiful photos. I'm, um, of the two of them together. I'm going to put them up on the website as well. So you can see how the two of those are designed, uh, to, 
interact with each other. The uh, the snuggle dress pre-order just closed, um, but it's going online the end of the month uh, before Thanksgiving. So you can, you know, it's it's all coming together, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, if you want to see the ready topper, you can see it at impactfashionnyc.com. It comes in sizes extra small through 2X, which is equivalent to my usual inclusive size range of 2 through 24. Um, the way to convert those sizes, extra small is 2-4, small is 6-8, etc., etc., etc. That is your size that you wear in my line. Uh, please do not make that decision based on what size you like wear in other people's lines because sizing is made up and uh, is designed to mess with our heads and make us feel terrible about ourselves. And we're not for that here. Um, if you ever have any questions about what size you should get or what size would work for you, please do not hesitate to reach out. You can send me an email. It's rivky, R-I-V-K-Y at impactfashionnyc.com. You can also, um, you know, pretty much any place that you reach out to Impact Fashion, you're talking to me directly. So whether that's the chat button on the site, a DM on Instagram or anything like that, that's, they all go to my phone. So you're welcome to do whatever is most convenient for you. Um, and, and yeah, so yeah, like I said, comes in sizes extra small through 2X, which is equivalent to my usual inclusive size range of 2 through 24. And I cannot wait to hear how you feel in the Ready Topper. Thanks for listening. The links to the pieces I mentioned, namely the Ready Topper and the Flutter Dress are in the show notes. You can also find those pieces at impactfashionnyc.com. The Be Impactful Broadcast is a project of Impact Fashion, the clothing line I created because I believe that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. See my modest designs that are available in sizes 2 through 24 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. There are currently 12 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party. View their names, photos, locations, and details of their cases by visiting getora.org slash recalcitrant parties. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki Itzkowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together.